0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond podcast. I am your host, Kelly R. Jackson. As always, we appreciate you all for stopping by and checking us out. And let's get uh, right into it, as we always do. Um, been off for a couple of weeks. Um, we took a little bit of a break, uh, but we're back and uh, we're going to share some thoughts with you on today. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a political uh, podcasts, if you will. Um, we, we talk about its purpose and beyond podcasts. We talk about inspiration, affirmation, and conversation. So this is going to be one of those conversation, uh, podcasts. I don't generally do a whole lot of political things, even though I have a lot of political thoughts, but I want to talk about, um, something that I'm calling another brick in the wall and talking about the, uh, great Trump divide. And, uh, we're all aware of who our president is and, and everybody's has got their, uh, Got their opinions and their feelings about who uh, is in the White House, but um, I want to share the reason why I titled this before we get into um, uh, all of the uh, points and uh, the emphasis that I want to um, focus on today. Um, let me start off by, um, you know, stating that obviously, uh, if if you can't already tell, I'm I'm not a, a real big fan of our president. Um, let's just leave it at that. I want to make sure that I kind of maintain some sort of, uh, respect here. I'm not a big fan of him. I'm not a big fan of his, uh, policies. And to be very honest with you, uh, I like a lot of other people. Um, I do believe that he's a racist, um, amongst other things. Um, we, have seen a lot of things in this country, um, that are unprecedented and, uh, you know, coming off this, uh, this Kavanaugh confirmation thing, uh, where we even saw the president of the United States, uh, mocking a woman who says she was sexually assaulted, mocking her publicly at a rally. And, uh, you know, it seems like anytime that it, that we don't think we can go any lower. Uh, we, we seem to find more depths to sink to, but let me talk about, um, real quickly here about why I call this another brick in the wall. And, uh, one of the, The main things that uh, Mr. Trump talked about before he went into office was building a wall and he said he was going to build a wall. He was going to build a wall to keep the the border secure. And he kept talking about this wall and something that I've noticed over the almost two years that he's been in office is, uh, you know, we, we haven't even seen construction of that physical wall. But something that I shared recently, is, I said, I think we missed the construction of the wall. Let me explain what I mean when I say that we missed the construction of the wall, because um, from where I'm sitting, I don't know if the plan was ever really to build a physical wall, but he's built a wall between people in this country. Um, um, he's built a wall uh, between them and us, the haves and the have nots, uh, the Caucasians and everybody else and, and uh, anybody else that you can think of, Any any other groups that are opposed to one another. He's already built his wall. And he's already got us divided. It's, it's a wall that we can't see. And, and that hit me, uh, some months ago when I said, you know, he promised to build a wall. And I don't even think that we've paid attention to the fact that he has, in fact, built a wall in this country. It's just not a physical wall, but there is a wall in this country. And, and, and so part of the, part of the, 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 the results, if you will, of this wall, we talk about another brick in the wall. Um, part of the results, and I'm going to get to this other brick that we had the other day. Um, part of the results of this is, again, is that we've bought into the idea that anger, aggression, and quote unquote, brutal honesty is patriotic. Uh, we've bought into this idea that if you're not angry, if you're not insulting and and you're not, uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, brutally honest, if, if you're if you have compassion, if you if you want to uh try to work it out and live together and so on and so forth, you're not patriotic. Uh we're 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 so uh patriotic these days that we can't stand a uh, peaceful protest. Uh we're so patriotic that you know people are not uh well, not only upset that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, uh they lost their minds when they found out that Nike had been paying him, that uh, You know, that we blackballed him from the NFL and somehow he's still able to earn a living. And we're disappointed at that. You you know, this United States of America that's supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave and everybody's supposed to have a chance. um, You know, this man is not playing football anymore, but his livelihood wasn't completely taken away from him. And some of us are disgusted by the fact that someone would dare hire him uh, that we disagree with. And so we bought into this idea that anger, aggression, and, and this, this, all of this, the nastiness, the mocking of people, the, you know, Hey, Trump just tells it like it is. And he's a true American. Um, we, we bought into the idea that that's patriotic that to not really care about anybody else's position or how they feel. And, and I know some might be listening to this saying, Hey, you know, Trump has the right to, you know, he has the right to say whatever he wants to say. And, and if you know me personally, you know, that's one of the things that i said before about Mr. Trump is that I appreciate the fact that he speaks his mind because at least I know where he's coming from. I don't agree with him, but I, I at least know where, he co- where he's coming from. But I guess I'm just old school in the sense that I believe that a president ought to be presidential. A president ought to conduct himself in such a way that does not embarrass the country. And, and I don't know any other way to say it but, but that. But, but let me go a little bit further here. Uh, we talk about this wall. And, and let me just give a side note here. Um, we talk about another brick in the wall and I talk about this division and, and we had this recent thing with, uh, Kanye West visiting the White House. And I'm not going to get into a whole other podcast about Kanye West, but, uh, part of, of, of his going to the, the Oval Office and his behavior, if you will, is along the lines of what I'm talking about here. When I speak about another brick in the wall, because Kanye is being used in my opinion to further divide the African American community. Uh, Mr. Trump has taken one of, uh, our heroes and pretty much exploited. Let, let me just be clear here and, and just state my opinion, exploited the man who's suffering mentally in order to further divide the country and to further divide the African American community. We have a man who's, uh, in my opinion, like I said, he's got some issues. In Kanye's words, he he's got some mental issues. He he said that himself. I'm not uh, casting aspersions on him. Those words came out of his mouth. He said he has some mental issues. Uh, and Mr. Trump has used him to further divide the African American community, divide this country. And that, in fact, is another brick in the wall as far as us being divided from one another, as far as us being on opposite sides, as far as us uh, going online and arguing with with, uh, one another through social media, uh, you know, it's caused a division, uh, not just in the country, but definitely within the black community It's caused a division. And I don't think that's by mistake. I don't think that was, uh, uh, something that just happened. I think this is part of the plan. And so let me, let me just go back here, uh, before I get to the principles, I want to leave you all with on today. Uh, Note that I wrote down here that I want to make sure that I shared with you all is I wrote this down. The Obama presidency exposed a still present divide in this country, but the Trump presidency has celebrated that and exploited it. So what do I mean when I say that? Um, when, when Obama went into office, uh, we found out through his election, you know, a black man's in the White House. We found out that there were some people in this country. Some of some of you, uh, and I know that I probably did as well, worked alongside some people that we never would have thought would have felt so strongly about a black man being in the in the White House. Uh, we worked along, you know, me being African-American, worked alongside some Caucasians who had a problem with it. And, and you would have probably never known that they had this problem, had this black man not gone into the White House. And and for so some of the, for some of us, rather, it was shocking. Uh, some friendships were ended um, even even before uh, Trump went to the White House, because when Trump went to the White House, there were also some friendships ended. But some relationships were changed because there are some people that worked next to you that you had ate lunch with, that you had spent time with, that had a real problem with a black man being in the White House. And and, I, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I'm not afraid to say this. Uh, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I don't want anybody to twist what I'm saying. And anybody that knows me, you know me. Uh, all you got to do is ask me what I think. Um, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination suggesting that Obama was perfect. God knows he was. No man is perfect. He was not a perfect president. But I will say this. If Obama had done some of the things that he did as a white man, there would be conversation about whether or not he was the greatest president we've ever had. And and I just believe that in my heart. I believe that some things were some credit was taken away from him because he was black. And that when, when he went into the White House, th- there was a divide in this country that that some of us didn't realize was still there. And it showed up, particularly in his second term. It showed up when a white when a black man went into the White House. But where that has shown a divide in the country, there was still hope there was still hope that we could okay we we see that we're not we're not as far along we're not as far away from racism as we thought we were you know we had congressmen calling them tar babies it, there was all these kinds of racial overtones to things that were said about him you know we kind of came to realize okay we're not as far along as we thought we were, and so there was an opportunity to build bridges to say, okay, we're not as good as a country as we think we are. Okay, but let's take a look at where we are. Let's see if we can get better. Well, we we follow that up with a Trump presidency who says, no, 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 we're we're fine. We're fine. In fact, let's build a wall. Let's separate the people even even further. Let's celebrate this division. Let's celebrate uh, this and let's exploit this division that seems to exist in this country. Let's be on one side and let them be on the other side. We'll keep telling people that we want to come together. Every now and then I'll bring some black celebrities to the White House to make it seem like I really care about the causes that they're fighting for. But then I'll go back to just being the same old me. And he's exploited those divisions that we saw see, see, with with Obama's presidency. And we saw that we were still on opposite sides and we had an opportunity. And it just seems to me that Mr. Trump has decided to destroy all of that and just put up a wall because we're further apart than we were. When Obama was in the White House, we're worse off as a people we never mind the economy and presidential things like that. Basically, just socially, you know, we're seeing a lot of we still seeing a lot of these incidents instances where uh, white people are calling the police on black people for just doing regular everyday things, uh, you know. That that shows you how divided that we are, that that we can't be barbecuing. We can't be babysitting white children. We can't be selling water. Uh, we can't be going into our own apartment buildings without having the police called on us, without being harassed. And, and, and all of these things, all of these issues that we have, I believe our president celebrates these things. And so therein is another brick in the wall. Uh, you know, uh, the Kanye thing, the, every time he mocks a sexual assault survivor, every time that, uh, he does something that destroys the diplomacy of this country, every time that he does something to embarrass this country, it's another brick in the wall because there, there's a sac there's a faction of this country that celebrates him every time he does something to, to, to bring shame to us, to bring division to us. And so we're becoming further and further divided. We're becoming worse and worse off. Politicians are selling out their careers just to be aligned with him. They'll be forever tainted because they align themselves with the policies of someone that I quite honestly think is a madman. And so again, let me give you a few principles because I know this seems kind of dire right now. Let me give you a few principles before we get out of here. Uh, We talk about this brick in the wall and how, how do we deal with this? How do we, how do we get past this? How do we overcome this? Um, Let me just share a few things that I wrote down here. Uh, We must remain compassionate while being confrontational about the evil that's portrayed in this country. And so I don't want you all to miss in all of the things that I've said about Mr. Trump. I don't want you all to miss this. um, Reminded that I'm a minister. And one of the things that I'll often say when if I'm teaching a Bible class and Trump comes up, as I said, as Christians, First of all, we need to be compassionate towards Mr. Trump. And what I mean when I say that, um, I believe I want God to change him before I want God to change his address. So, so I'm not so hell bent on let's get Trump out of office uh, as much as I am saying I want God to change him. Because if God changes his attitude, his ways, his demeanors, there's no reason to run him out of the office. And and I think we get caught up, particularly as Christians, we want to just. Let's move him out of the White House, and, and I let me let me just say this. Let me be clear here. I do think he needs to be moved out of the White House, but not before I want God to change him. Uh, I I think we 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 have to be careful when it comes down to that because we lose our compassion and we turn into, a people that are about bloodlust that we want just things to happen to him. If we move Trump out of the White House and he has not changed, we're literally saying. I don't care that you're the way you are as long as it doesn't affect me. And, and again, as a, as a man of the, the the as a preacher of the gospel, as, as a man of God, I want him to be I want him to be better before I want him to be thrown out, because if you throw him out, you throw him out into society. If he's still the same, he'll still harm someone else uh, with his ways, his views and his attitudes. So I just think we need to be compassionate while we are confrontational. Let me let's deal with that confrontation thing. We do have to confront the evil that we see, though. We do have to speak on it. And uh, there's a lot of before I get into my next point, there's a lot of us um, in the evangelical community, some of the preached brethren that feel like they can just go to Trump and just talk to him. And he's just going to do whatever they tell him to do um, it, it, not unless you confront it. Um, the, the, the devil always has to be confronted about what he's doing. You can be compassionate, but you also must confront. The wrong that you see, if you're not confronting the evil that you see, then you're not doing anybody any good. Then it turns into a photo op, which which leads me to my next point. Uh, you don't always have to be near the leper in order to prove that you're Christ-like. And I say this quite often because a lot of times we deal with toxic people because we're trying to prove that we're Christlike. You know, in, in the you know, in the in the ministry, we we deal with toxic people, but you've got to be careful how you handle toxic people, lest you wind up becoming toxic yourself. So the, so the church, uh, can't compromise our stance for photo ops. We, we can't compromise who we are. You know, some prayers should be offered from a distance. There's some people that you just can't get close to. And and I'm sorry, if, if, if preachers are going to go to sit with Trump, they ought to be there to confront Trump about the things that he's done. Don't confront him from a distance. And then get in this presence and pretend it's all good because the cameras are there. If you're going to confront him from a distance, you got to confront him to his face. If you can't confront him to his face, then there's no point in you having a seat at the table. So there's a lot of conversation. Let me just shift here very quickly. There's a lot of conversation about us having a seat at the table. But a seat at the table is worthless if you're not challenging the person across the table. If you're just going to sit there and we're going to, you know, laugh and joke like Kanye did and slap hands and and muck it up for the camera, then your seat at the table is worthless. If you're going to sit there uh, at the seat at the table like Jim Brown and just not in agreement with everything you hear and you're not challenging him and challenging him publicly. Then what is what good is your seat at the table? And I just firmly believe that if there was anybody that was going to challenge Mr. Trump, they wouldn't have been sitting at the table. So so what is the seat at the table worth? You know, I have a saying, I said, some people, uh, when you get to the table, some people were asked to sit down and some people were told to sit down. And there's a difference between being asked and being told. And I think we're in a situation where people are being told. So again, the church can't compromise our stance for photo ops. Some prayers need to be offered from a distance. Let me just give you this last principle that I'm going to be out of your way today. We cannot be overcome with evil. The Bible tells us in, in the book of Romans that, that we cannot allow evil to overtake us. We cannot allow that to happen. We must overcome evil with good. We cannot be a country. We cannot be a people. We cannot be the type of people that go in and allow evil to overtake us. We've got to stand on what what God has told us to stand on. We've got to continue to be who we are. And that means that we do have to confront evil. That's, and then, by the way, if you're looking for that scripture, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And, and, and God requires us to overcome evil with good. We have to make sure in this climate, in this day and age, at this time, where evil and disrespect and and all of those things uh, seem to be the order of the day and the, 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 the flames seem to be fan, that we make sure that we stand on what's right and what's good even if that means we have to confront the president. The point of the wall, y'all, is to separate us so that common ground can never be reached. The the idea of us versus them and them versus us and so on and so forth is to keep us from recognizing our commonalities, to keep us from recognizing the fact that at the end of the day, we're all the same. At the end of the day, we're all going to have to meet our maker. At the end of the day, we're all going to have to answer for what we've done, and so I'm not really worried about whether or not Mr. Trump can answer for what he's done, but I am concerned about whether or not I can answer for what I've done. I pray for our president. I pray for this country. I pray that he's changed before his address changes. It, that that's the most important because, you know, even outside of the White House, he still has enough influence and enough power and enough money to do damage on this country. So our goal shouldn't just be, let's get him out of the white house as Christians. I thought ought to be God change him, change him. We don't need another brick in the wall. We don't need to be divided any further than we are. We see how we are. We see where this country is. We see the state of this country. We see the state of the people in this country. We see the hatred on both sides, Let's be honest. We see the hatred on both sides. We see uh, uh, the anger and the frustration on both sides. And we need somebody that's going to unite us and not divide us. And so here we are, another brick in the wall, the the uh, the great Trump divide. We've got to be mindful that we're not the type of people that are into building walls, that we become the type of people that are into building bridges. That's the only way any of us are going to make it out of this with our sanity. Otherwise we'll all be looking like Kanye and I'm not trying to be funny or flip or anything like that. But listen, if, if, if we don't get better, we'll all be out of our minds. We'll all be out of our minds. And I don't think that's the design that God had for any of us. I think we can all be better. I think we can all do better. We need to be against the wall. And again, I think we missed the construction of the wall. I think we were so busy, worried about Mexico that we didn't even see the wall that this man was building in this country. And so I pray that God changes him. And if he rejects God's change, then we can change his address. Don't get it twisted. As I get ready, wrap this up. Make sure you register to vote. Your voice counts. If you see something that you don't like, exercise your right to vote. Make a change. Make a change. I do understand that, that, you know, some people are resistant to change. I get that. I'm not naive. I can pray that God changes them, but I'm not naive. He's got to want to change. And I do realize that in some cases, the only way for some people to change is for you to vote them out of office, is for them to be incarcerated, is for something to happen to them. And then they realize they need to change. I understand that. But first and foremost, especially for me as a minister, That has to be on my mind. Redemption has to be on my mind. And if we can't redeem him, we certainly can do our very best to try to redeem this country. Listen, that's all the time that we have for this Purpose and Beyond podcast. Um, Prayer wasn't too heavy. Um, Hope that you got something out of it. You know, as always, we encourage you all to stop by our website, uh, publishing website, www.krjpublishing.com. Ministries website, uh, www.krjministries.org. Stop by either one of those websites. We do believe that you will be blessed. That's all the time that we have for the Purpose and Beyond podcast. We appreciate you all for stopping by as always, and we will see you all in the next go round. Be blessed.